Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. I often have amazing things happen to me in the veterinary world, in the animal world, and when I least expect them, I meet somebody who just seems sort of a shining example of something I didn't know anything about. So when I went to VMX, which is the big veterinary conference, I went there thinking I'd learn things about new equipment, new processes for veterinarians to do work, maybe new, I don't know, drugs. But I didn't know there would be so many things about the wellness, the emotional wellness, the business wellness of veterinarians. And I was able just about a week or two ago to talk to Darlene Boss, who's the executive director of Not One More Vet. And if those of you listening haven't listened to that conversation, it's pretty interesting. And it's about the fact that veterinarians have a high suicide rate, but also a high depression rate, a dropout rate, a burnout rate. And I met one of the kindest people that I've met in a long time. Dr. Joseph Hahn is executive director for Companion Animal and Equine Professional Services at Merck Animal Health, which is a giant pharmaceutical company. And his interest is in Not One More Vet, and Darlene let it slip that Merck has actually underwritten something called Clear Blueprint for Not One More Vet for three years. So Dr. Han, I'm very pleased to have met you and very interested in how someone who's at the high end of a giant pharmaceutical company winds up being so focused on, interested in, involved in the emotional well-being of veterinarians. Was that something that was always part of your vision of your job or of your your mandate, or is that something that evolved over time? Thank you, Tracy, and, and thank you for the kind words and for, for having me on your show. You know, this is, this is the well-being of veterinarians is a very personal topic for me because I spent my first two, my first 10 years in practice in the Chicago area, uh, last six of which doing emergency medicine. And at the end of my time in practice, we didn't know what to call it at the time, but my well-being was really low. Uh, and, you know, I was, I was burned out. I was ready to be done with, with the profession and really kind of in a deep, dark place in, in the profession. And got a, a, a second life with uh, Merck Animal Health 
which has been incredible. And I've been very fortunate to have grown in the company and it has increased my well-being significantly. And in the position that I'm at now, I get to look back at that and say how much has changed. And we've really started to take a look at that. We can talk uh, about the studies. But what I want to do is just shout from the rooftops to those that are going through this that it can get better, it will get better, and now I can say here are some resources that we have that can help make it better. You know what that sort of reminds me of, and I didn't know about your personal um, path in terms of emotional well-being and burnout and just too much pressure, too much stress, and fill in the blanks for whatever else put you in such a dark place doing work that you surely adored um, and were passionate about going in and then to come out the other side and think, I can't do this anymore and be well. It kind of reminds me of that moment in time in America where we suddenly realized, or maybe it was a slow accruing of realization, that the veterans who had served in wars were suffering tremendously from PTSD and related emotional issues, something which had never really been acknowledged. It wasn't acknowledged after World War I, it was called, I forget, you know, some, some couple of words that, and no one did anything about it, even after the Vietnam War. And it seems that in the veterinary field, there is this quite recent realization that, and it, it may have started with Sophia Yin's suicide, which was, I think, a pretty big shock to everyone. I had the pleasure of not only meeting her at UC Davis, but even giving a talk to young veterinary students alongside her. We had different agendas. I was there talking about uh, nutrition and how to talk to pet parents as pet parents. But I, I, I wonder if you felt so alone and unheard and unseen in the struggle you were having as a practicing veterinarian and and whether Clear Blueprint and the work that Merck is doing alongside Not One More Vet is kind of brand new. It's kind of a wake-up call. It seems like that to me. Does it seem like that to you? Yeah, so we started in 2017 uh, with our first Merck Animal Health well-being study to look at the well-being of veterinarians and really kind of try and figure out where the well-being uh, problems were, where things we could uh, figure out. And we repeated it in 2019 and 2021. But we've always known about compassion fatigue. That's been around for a while. And in a helping profession, we, we sometimes forget that, that as those of us that are helping, we have to take, we take some of that on ourselves as mm -hmm. well. And that compassion fatigue is real. And what we've discovered with our studies is that, yes, the, the compassion fatigue hits us. And here are some of the things that we can do, especially as you're one of the, the younger veterinarians just coming out of school, going into practice. Here's some tools that we can give you that can really help. We've now come across with our third study, uh, we found that, that, that work climate is one of the best things that we can do to increase well-being and decrease burnout. So now it's time for us to put that into practice as well. So we've, we've got some, some resources that help individuals, but if we could do this on a practice basis and help everybody in the practice, we can really exponentially 
make an impact in the profession. That's really that's really well put because it's it's funny you not funny haha but interesting that a company that is scientifically based Merck has to then study emotional well-being but that's true of across the spectrum in in human wellness as well human emotional wellness that is it can't just be anecdotal it can't be yeah I've heard that's really can be a your first three years can be tough or your 13th year can be tough. It's to study it so that there's something quantifiable and something measurable in terms of what is it in the arc of a veterinary career or the daily grind, or are there specific issues to do with dealing with the human side of it, or is it the euthanasia side of it? I think that that's really interesting that a company that creates, scientifically creates products for animal wellness is using that same mindset to create human emotional wellness in that same space. Because who else is studying this as a study, right? It's kind of like a, a poll in a way, but it's a study. Is that quite unique to Merck? Y- yes. And what I'll, what I'll say is I'm, I am so fortunate that the company I work for is Merck Animal Health because we strongly believe in the veterinarian and the veterinary profession. We believe that the profession needs to be vibrant and strong for us to be successful. So you're absolutely right. We have scientific innovations that are phenomenal, but if the profession is struggling, it's not going to do us any good. And we've applied that same type of model to our well-being research and our well-being resources that we support. What's going to give us the best bang for our buck? What can we do that's going to be the most helpful? Yes. And there's scientific research supporting what we're doing. It's it's fabulous. I mean, it's not no one's doing this in the human side. I'm sure there's lots of industries where people are miserable doing whatever it is that they do kind of similarly with other people in their profession. And it's really quite marvelous that Merck has taken time, energy, money to say, we, you veterinarians have to feel good about what you're doing and be supported. And there's, there must be ways to do that that aren't just anecdotal or, you know, take one day off a week. It's something much more specific. And I think everyone feels overwhelmed by the constant flood of emails and phone messages and texts and too much too much input all the time and not enough time to even perhaps as a professional or a doctor take have the time to think through what is the best thing for this animal patient what is the best thing for the human that owns that animal whether it's a whole herd of cattle or one show horse or a bunch of show dogs or agility dogs or or working dogs, all the, the kind of animals and their people whose emotional well-being is really important. You in, in your email, when you sent me an email after I met you at VMX, there was something so riveting for me in your beneath your signature. And I just want to say it out loud for people because I think we all need to think about this 
in our own lives, but the lives of other people around us, whether it's professionals who are there for us and putting themselves out there for us, or even co-workers, family members. So underneath your signature, it says, my work-life balance is sometimes achieved during fluctuating hours. If you are receiving this email outside of your regular work hours, please do not feel obligated to respond. And I thought, I knew that when I met you, you were someone very compassionate and very caring and thoughtful, not just as a professional, but as a human. And that that phrase you put underneath your email is something not enough of us think about. I feel guilty when I, really, when I write to somebody in business on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, because that's when my work-life balance gives me time to think something through. But then I find people who are employees of a company, or maybe they work for a PR firm, and then they're writing me back on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. And I think, does nobody take time off? Does nobody get a minute to themselves? Is this something that at Merck is is in practice, or is it just something you're reaching out to the veterinary community with Clear Blueprint and trying to help clinics and practices and individual doctors do for themselves? It, it's something. It's it's part of our culture, and I and I have to, you know. Be be totally honest. I I stole that from a colleague of mine. Well done. So it's it's gone around. It's gone around and something that are that are that are companies. I only steal from the best. Um, it, it's something <laughs> Smart that, man. that that go that, that goes around. Yeah, that goes around our company. Uh, and and the reason I like that so much is because everybody's work life balance. And I actually started using the term work life rhythm. Everybody's work life rhythm is different. For me. I love what I do and I spend a lot of time doing it, which necessitates a signature like that because there are times when I'll wake up in the morning or before I go to bed, it's, it's late at night and I, and I have a thought Yes. and I want to put it down and I want to get it out and I've got to get it out of my brain, but I don't necessarily, am ex- I'm not necessarily expecting a response right away. It could wait till, if it's a Friday, it could wait till Monday, For sure. but I have to get it out of my brain <laughs> and let them know that. Um, this is, that this is something that we can talk about next week, but I don't want to forget about it. And, and I think that's a, a, a cultural thing with, with, with the company. And I don't think that's just in the animal health side. I think Merck human health has that as well. Uh, and I think that's something that just permeates, permeates all of us. And it, it allows us to do this type of work and this type of research because that's our philosophy. It's really quite amazing and obviously excellent. And in terms of veterinarians feeling that they're sometimes, I'm guessing, hung out to dry when I read memoirs of veterinarians when they were young, something that we who are the recipients of veterinary care don't think about is you have a young vet, youngish, whatever that age may mean. They've been through all the years of veterinary school and they've been hired by a clinic and they're there in an exam room or maybe after hours or, or perhaps they work in, a, in an emergency clinic to, even to make extra money on the side like you did, although there's also ER vets who are board certified in that, which is, doesn't make it any easier. And they have to make decisions on their own. They don't have a support system at that time. 
They've got an animal that can't speak to them, that has symptoms that could be one of many things. Life may be hanging in the balance. And it's just this tremendous pressure and this, I'm sure, feeling of being alone and not being supported. And not that anyone's being cruel or callous, it's just the culture. And I think it sounds like Merck has a different culture within a gigantic multinational company. I mean, when I look on your website and I see there's someone in charge of Cyprus and Greece, and I think, wow, Cyprus and Greece, well, I don't know, maybe they have a lot of sheep there or something. I mean, I'm not sure why or maybe just a lot of maybe even companion animals. The Greeks have many cats. I don't know. But it it makes me realize that it it really is global. It's not just within one company or even within one profession that touches on animals. But it's it's a great I, I think it's a great harbinger for what other companies really need to be doing, not what they could be doing, but they need to be doing so that we all can keep on being modern business people or modern professionals, modern caregivers, but still have some recognition that we're just little humans at the end of the day. We're just these individual people just trying their best. And there's a lot of pressure on everybody. I really love what you're doing with Not One More Vet and Clear Blueprint to help clinics be more thoughtful about everyone in the clinic, from the people at the front desk to the vet techs and obviously the vets themselves. I think that all of our animals are going to benefit from that ultimately, but I really appreciate what Merck is doing for the humans in the equation and what you're doing, Dr. Han. So thank you for having taken your personal pain and struggle and help so many other people that have been in a similar place. It's it's very uplifting and very heartwarming. So thank you for that. Thank you, Tracy. It's it, it it's our pleasure. And and when I see and get contacted by some of some of my colleagues in the company and some of my, my professional colleagues outside of the company from Australia or the UK or uh, wherever it is and they're interested in some of the stuff that we're doing and, and how can we do some of that as well, it, it's very gratifying. It means that what we're doing is helping, is spreading, and we can make changes in, in the profession. It doesn't happen overnight. If we don't at least start the wave, it'll never happen. So that's, that's what keeps me going every day. Well said. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to future conversations. Thank you for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support all of these companies because they stand behind my mission, which is to bring you delightfully informative pet talk radio. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no-hide chews and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Weimaraner Maisie will eat. I'm very grateful also to Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two extraordinary women, Allison and Hannah, who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thanks again for listening. 
I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.